Our scripture reading this morning comes from Mark, the first chapter. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed. And they kept on asking one another, what is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. They went to Capernaum. Jesus' adopted hometown. Now, if you ever visit Israel, you will discover that Capernaum is now a ghost town. You can see a few ruins, but no one lives here. Now, lest you get confused, Capernaum was never really much more than a hole in the wall. When we read about it and we hear about it being Jesus' hometown, you might imagine something grand and great. It was, after all, really the center of Jesus' ministry. But in truth, it was really just a little fishing village that was easy to overlook. It wouldn't be noted on most maps. In many ways, it was the least likely place to find the Son of God. Have you ever heard of Mound City, Illinois? Of course you haven't. It's northwest of Cairo and southwest of Carbondale. It's on the banks of the Mississippi River, smack dab in the middle of nowhere. And my great uncle grew up there. Actually, he grew up in a small community outside of Mound City. And so a few years ago, he took me to see his hometown. Look, Chris, he said, look over there. That's where the farm was. And there was nothing there. And a little further, that's where we had a store and there was nothing there. Just a few buildings that were falling apart were all that was left of of this community. And in some ways, Capernaum is the same even today. But one of those few buildings that are left or a portion of it are the stone steps for the synagogue in Capernaum. 
And in fact, archaeologists have said these steps were there when Jesus lived and worked and ministered. And in fact, one of these steps may have been the step Jesus walked on in the story that we read today. And there is Jesus in this little village, Capernaum, doing what he always does, going to synagogue. He didn't make a big splash. This is the beginning of Mark's gospel. We're, we're still in the first chapter. No one even seems to really know who Jesus is. Jesus is just another Jew in the synagogue. And this story, as we read it, sounds absolutely, well, ordinary. Even, dare I say it, boring. Is it okay to say that the Bible is boring sometimes? I didn't get an amen from the choir, but I know I could have. And, and then Jesus starts teaching and people's ears start to perk up. Wait a minute, who is this guy? It reminds me of when I came to Smoke Rise. It's been nearly eight years, believe it or not. And for the first few months here, I was focusing on preaching. I didn't do any teaching for the first six months after my arrival. And on the first Wednesday in August, six months after I arrived, I. I taught a Bible study, looking verse by verse, trying to help people see the text and the context. I was really enjoying myself. And after it was over, someone came up and said, wow, I am surprised. You are a good teacher. And I said, I know it's a shocker, right? And they said the same thing to Jesus. Wow, you're a good teacher. This may have been the first time that Jesus taught in Capernaum. And the people are surprised. He taught as one having authority. Don't you wish you could have been a fly on the wall? I wonder what he was teaching. I wonder how he was teaching. What was the text for that Sabbath day? And, and what did he say? If you could be there, would you be impressed? It's hard to impress us now. We have TED Talks and and we have social media posts, and we have 24-hour news, and we have Twitter. We can watch videos on Facebook about cats climbing up trees and, and a little baby bird in the nest. Now, that's all entertainment, but a sermon, it's hard to impress with a sermon. I remember my son, David, he said, Daddy, I like it when you preach. And well, I was touched, and Sally said, but I like it best when it's over. <laughs> and now Jesus is preaching and teaching, and that's 
That's fine. But what happened when a possessed person showed up? Well, Jesus doesn't miss a beat. Be silent and come out of him. And the man convulses and an unclean spirit leaves him. And of course, the people are amazed and rightly so. They're suddenly sitting on the edge of their seats. The, the men who are almost asleep wake up and, and kids are suddenly standing on their tippy toes to see what's happening. But this is what I'd never noticed before. If you look closely at the text, you'll, you'll see something strange. The people were amazed and kept asking, what is this? a new teaching with authority. They're still talking about his teaching. He just performed an exorcism. That's amazing. He just performed a miracle. That's incredible. People should be pointing their fingers and, and overwhelmed by what they saw, by what he did. But instead, they're talking about his words, his teaching with authority. What does it mean to teach with authority? And why is it so amazing? At first, I, I didn't understand. And then, then I remembered someone. Dub Edwards. Dr. Dub Edwards, you've never heard of him. Some would say he was just ordinary, maybe even at times a bit boring. When I was a high school senior looking at colleges, I wanted to find a good Baptist school where I could learn to be a preacher. And I heard about Samford University. And I got talking with, with a minister friend of mine, someone who was caring and loving, but someone who was concerned that Samford might be a little too liberal for me. I, I really didn't understand. I wasn't well-versed in all the theological battles that were raging in Southern Baptist life. I was, I was just a kid, a teenager who didn't really want to stand up or stand out, just sort of to, to fade into the woodwork of faith. But I'll never forget this minister said, Chris, I want you to go to Sanford and I want you to march into the religion department and I want you to find a professor and I want you to ask them one question. Well, friends, I was taking notes. My eyes were wide open. The minister said, you asked them, do you believe in the inerrancy of scripture? And I said, I don't even know what that means. And he said, it doesn't matter. The professor will. <laughs> and he said, you ask, do you believe in the inerrancy of scripture? And if they say yes, you go to Sanford. 
And if they say no, you get away as fast as you can. Well, armed with my question, like a bullet in a gun, I went to the religion department and I found an unsuspecting victim, or I mean a professor, and I fired my shot across the bow. Do you believe in the inerrancy of scripture? And Dub Edwards looked up from his desk and said, no, I don't. Well, I knew I was supposed to run, but, but he caught me off guard when he said, but if you have a minute, sit down and let me tell you what I do believe about the Bible. And he told me, he told me that he read the Bible every day. And he told me that the Bible was the guidebook for his life. And he told me that he loved the Bible with all of his heart and all of his mind. And that's why he studied it and and dedicated his life to the study of it. He spoke about the text with such tenderness, more than I'd ever seen before really, even from the pulpit. And he read one of the Psalms as an example to me and, and I couldn't be sure, but, but it looked like there was a tear in his eye. And after about half an hour, Dub Edwards said, so I don't believe the Bible is inerrant, but I know it was inspired. And I know it inspires me. And I hope that you'll come to Samford. I enrolled the following week. And I took classes from Dub Edwards I guess because he taught with authority and humility. He didn't pretend to have all the answers. He had the courage to ask questions with us. And he helped me to learn that the, the Bible was more than a bullet to be fired. It was a book to be read and studied and treasured. He changed my life. I didn't have an unclean spirit, just an unconsidered faith. It was really nothing short of a miracle. I was amazed at his teaching. Do you know what I think teaching with authority looks like? It's when what you say lines up with what you do. You practice what you preach. Do you know what amazed those crowds? I think it was what Jesus said and what Jesus did. The ideas that Jesus taught 
were the same ideas that Jesus embodied. So that his life was the lesson. He was doing more than merely talking. He was always teaching. And you are too. Did you know? People are watching. Parents, your children are watching you. And grandparents, your grandchildren are watching you. And your friends and your neighbors, your coworkers or, or your classmates, they're watching you and they know that you go to church on Sundays. That's ordinary. Some would even say that's boring. They're interested in what happens after church. They're watching to see if, if what you say is reflected in what you do. And sadly, it is rare, so rare in our world. Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers, but, but people are quick to pick fights and to level accusations in the news media or on social media. And the Bible says, love your neighbor. But people treat those who disagree with them as enemies, labeling them instead of loving them. What if we practice common decency and gracious humility and extend kindness and love? I'm convinced this is how we change the world. This is how we cast out unclean spirits in our world. We listen and learn. We preach and we teach. But when we speak, we gain authority by how we practice our faith. How we live out God's love and how we extend God's grace. Listen, one day someone will say, you've never heard of this place called Smoke Rise or Lilburn or Snellville or Decatur. You've never heard of it, but, but I need to tell you about someone who lived there. Because this person shaped my life. It wasn't just what she said, it was what she did. It wasn't just his talk, but his actions. I never really considered him to be a teacher. He didn't have that title. Oh, I learned so much from her. 
And most folks have never heard of this person, but, but I will never forget. And then they will say your name. I just know they will say your name. Let's pray.